Bibles tonight, the book of Luke chapter number 14. Luke chapter 14, and we're going to start reading at verse number 16. Luke 14 and 16. And, uh, and then I'm going to ask if you will uh, keep a uh, spot open and available at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 has been our central text uh, here in our Wednesday night sermon series. And uh, so we're going to read first this parable, a portion of this parable here out of the Scripture, uh, out of Luke 14, and then we're going to touch base here in uh, Ephesians 5 and uh, take a look at this. So as you've come to your place there, standing with us for the reading of the Word of God, if you're with me in Luke 14, won't you say amen? The Bible here says, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, or invited, welcomed many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I've bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, Have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. And now Ephesians 5. We'll be referencing back to this that I just read. But Ephesians 5 and verse number 16. Ephesians 5 and 16. The Bible here says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can we pray together again tonight here as we take a look at God's Word? Father, once again, we thank you for every heart and life. And Lord, I know on this Wednesday, full of business and responsibility, Lord, some that are tired in body, Lord, others that maybe there's the tendency or the challenge in keeping our minds focused. But I pray in the next few moments you would help us. Help us, Lord, that we would have ears to hear what you would say. I pray hearts to receive the good word of God and let it be planted in the fertile soil of our soul. I pray you would challenge us tonight. I pray anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory. And Father, we're quick to give you thanks and praise. And we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. As we have been making mention and for several weeks we've been preaching on this series on the walk 
the wisdom and the will of God. We have dived into and we have uh, uh, taken apart and really looked into these things that the Word of God admonishes to us as believers. The questions that we have posed in regards to what does our walk with God look like? What does a biblical relationship with God look like? We know around us and even in the church world today there are many opinions there are philosophies and there are ideas as to what that is Uh, and we hear that we see that And as a result, we come to find that those that will uh, look to man's opinion, that will look to ideas and philosophies, that will do maybe just what their particular preacher or pastor says to do, uh, we find that uh, amongst the church, one of the things that we have been addressing and preaching about is the fact that uh, there is a lack of consistency. There is a lack of real consistency as to where, uh, to what is modeled, what is modeled not only to those that are around us, in our families, our children, in the church, but even most importantly, what is modeled and exemplified in this world. I don't know if there's ever been a uh, a mass so confused as the quote-unquote religious population. We find that there's just as much confusion there. Brother Jimmy, we could point our fingers all day long at all the things that are wrong and evil and wicked and immoral in this world, but sadly, along the way, the church had missed the mark on what it is to have lives that are aligned with the will of God and with the Word of God so that we can exemplify Christ, amen, to a lost and a dying world. And not only to the lost of this world, but also to those around us. We were saying Sunday morning that truthfully, when you look at things, we are literally a generation away from missing a move of God, from the uh, from that Pentecostal experience being something that would just be talked about of yesteryear. And if there's ever a time, I believe that we as a church uh, get a new and fresh intensity and a desire, amen, to be in step with God and to have an experience with God today is that day. So we have been looking at this. In Ephesians 5, the challenges come. There are three mandates of how to walk. To walk in love, to walk in light, and to walk circumspectly. We see this here in the Scripture. And as I said, Ephesians 5 has been our central text. And so we've also been looking at what does the wisdom of God look like. Not only are we to walk with God, but those that walk with God, they walk in the wisdom of God. We exercise. We are called to. It is important. It's expedient that we live out and that we exercise godly wisdom in this day and in this time. Amen. Someone had once said to do what's right 
right. Amen. So not only in efforts to do right, but to do it in the right way. Have you ever met folks, seen folks, or been guilty of yourself? Of your motive was in the right place, but your method was completely wrong. Amen. Your motive in the right place, but your method completely wrong. The Word of God here tells us in verse 15, as we are called to walk circumspectly, he says, not as fools, but as wise. And so we have been talking about wisdom in relationships, wisdom in our speech, wisdom in conflict. And last Wednesday, we had began on the wisdom of stewardship. We come to find that in the Word of of God. There are things that God has called us to be stewards over. What does that mean? That we are to manage. That we are to oversee. And with wisdom and great responsibility, we are to tend to these things that God has given to us. There are times as to where stewardship has been often one-sided to where uh, many people just talk about financial matters. The Bible says a lot about finances and handling finances uh, wisely is important. We'll be touching on some of that a little bit later. But it's not just in the area of finance. We also come to find as we have been given time, talents, callings, purpose, all of these things. These are areas, Brother Eli, that we are called in order to manage properly and to do these things to the glory of God. The Word of God challenges us with this. It said, Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Brother Torbert, there is a call as we walk with God and we operate in wisdom. Can I just say this? That once again, I believe the church, God's people, we need to recapture and we need to be renewed in the fact that we are serving with a sense of excellence with that sense of purpose and recognizing and realizing one more time who it is that we represent I want to say tonight it is not enough for us to dance around and prance around and and say well I'm a child of the king and oh we know every song and we know all the cliches and we can say all the right things and talk about how we belong to Jesus and we belong to this and we belong to that but I want to say is that all of our quips and all of our our quotes and all of our clubs and all of our cliques and all of our groups mean absolutely nothing if we are not getting down or getting back to the basics of what it is it's not enough for me to say or for you to say oh yes I'm a child of the king I don't want it to be lip service but brother Craig I pray that the church awake one more time to say God call us back to a standard of excellence call us back to understand the call the will the purpose and plan of God is a necessity in this day and time There's been much, there's been much that we have handled lightly and treated loosely. 
There's much about the things of God that we don't take seriously anymore. How can you say that, Brother Jacob? Because it shows up in our lives. It shows up in what we give ourselves to or what we don't commit to. We were saying Sunday about the fact that many people don't mind Christ being in the vicinity of where they are as long as He does not impede upon their day-to-day living. Oftentimes, that is the attitude that comes. And we were talking yesterday, I say yesterday, so it feels like yesterday. Last week, last Wednesday, we were talking about being stewards of time. And the Word of God here, it gives us the instruction. It says to redeem, it says redeeming. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. When we take a look at what Christ had to say, and I want to reiterate this from last week. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. He said, for the night cometh. Hey, first of all, he said, the day is at hand. He said, the night cometh when no man can work. Christ was talking about the urgency of the hour, Brother Clayton. He was talking about the urgency, the window. I was saying last week that we take a look at our lives and when we're young we think we're going to live forever and it feels like brother Eddie we're just around on this big old planet just forever and and say well I got a a lot of years behind me but when it comes to our life it is but a grain but a speck in the course of eternity we come to find the word of God challenges us he said what is your life but a vapor that appeareth for a short time and then it vanisheth away I believe that word redeem the time. Listen, you don't have enough currency. Brother uh, Marvin, I cannot go down to the bank, pull out a hundred dollar bill, Brother Steve, and go to Father Time and say, I would like to buy some more time, please. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't operate that way. We can't purchase it with our money. We cannot purchase it with our prestige. We cannot purchase it with our popularity. It doesn't doesn't matter the name of the church or who your pastor is or how long you've been serving God. We were saying that 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 uh, time it is the currency. Oh, that we spend every day, and yet we cannot afford to lose it. We were talking last week of the fact that time is precious, and in regards to how precious time is, that word redeeming the time there, it simply means sister Sheila to regain control of time how many times do we find ourselves acting as if we are a victim of time I don't have enough time there's not enough hours in the day there's this going on and that going on brother Torbert I'm the first I'll raise my hand and testify Eli I could be the world's worst looking around saying Lord I wish there was 25 hours in the day 26 hours I wish we had some extra but we are all a lot of the same time and can I say that too many times we have come to the point to where we act like we just don't have control purposes are not fulfilled kingdom 
kingdom work is not being done. Lives given to the Lord are not finding themselves doing so. We are treating God as he is third, fourth, or fifth place. But I pray that God would help us and deal with us to say, Lord, with your help and with the leadership of the Holy Ghost, help me to regain control once again. Oh, and with God's help to not only understand how precious time is, oh, but how valuable. And so we were looking at those things last Wednesday. I would like to, if I can, I would like to to mention, as we said, that time is precious. I want to tonight touch on this portion of time, if you would allow me. Because I'll tell you what time reveals about all of us. And what it reveals is what is priority. You cannot talk about time and regaining control of time. The days are evil. The day is far spent. Night is at hand. There comes a time. We were talking last week about the fact that even the days... The Bible says the days would be shortened as a result of wickedness that's on the earth. And so our time frames. That's why, have you ever noticed in regards, now we all know that God does not have to check in or punch a time clock. He does not have to look at the schedule and say, well, I know Sister Linda's been praying, but today's Tuesday, and well, you know, I only work on Sundays and Wednesdays, and so I can't answer her prayer today. I can't do this today. I've got, God doesn't do that. And inside of him, all time, all eternity consists. But in this, have you noticed that sometimes when we are praying, when we are seeking God, when we are awaiting his direction when we have loved ones we are presenting before the throne when there are needs there are times it seems like an eternity there are times it seems so far in between from when we've prayed to when we see the answer but has anybody besides me noticed and it's also in line with the word of God that sometimes it seems we're waiting a while but when God moves brother Eddie have you noticed that a lot of time God moves in a suddenly. God comes on the scene and just like that he begins to do a work. You could have been praying five years. You could have been praying ten months and saying when, how, what's going to happen. But one day you look up and all the pieces fell into place. All the things came together and God worked in a suddenly. Hallelujah. Amen. God that transcends time and space. He's got one foot in yesterday and another foot in tomorrow. Come on, somebody. He's got all of who he is in the past. All of who he is is here today, Brother Keith. And all of who he is is already in all of our tomorrows. Amen. Because that's how God works in time. And so therefore, we are allotted only so much of it. And may God help us and may he forgive the church for wasting so much of it. We have wasted time bickering. There are some folks, they have wasted, they have wasted weeks, months, years being eat up with bitterness. Holding grudges. 
can't stand somebody, don't want to offer any forgiveness. Now, now this is Brother Jacob's opinion, but when it comes to time and if we waste time on stuff like that, I believe, Sister Trakina, it takes years off of somebody's life. I just believe that. Because bitterness is like a cancer. Brother Torbert, ain't no chemo pills for that. You ain't going to go to MD Anderson. They ain't going to inject you with anything. There's no radiation. Nothing can help you. But we've got folks that are sitting on church pews. And they can't worship right. And they can't pray right. And they can't serve God right. We were saying last week that if these things are not dealt with and confronted, your prayers are limited. You are stuck. You have hit the lid. You're as far as you're going to go. You're as high as you're going to get. And that's not past or being mean. That's Bible. Christ had said when we were preaching on conflict, He had said, before you bring that gift to the altar, you'd better make something right with the brother that's got ought against you or you got ought against them. And one of those reasons is time is short. We have to realize we only have a certain season and window to work. I've been at the funerals of young men and young ladies. And though they did not have the same time frame that we have been afforded. Who maybe are in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and so on. I've been to some that in 18, 19, 20 years they made a tremendous impact. It is as if they made every moment count. And lives have have just never been the same. Their absence is felt. You recognize and realize and see. Because it just it seemed that they lived life in such a way. Knowing time was precious. Knowing that, that these things were. Of course we know this. And we understand the philosophy of it. But practicing it is different. In the fact that time. Time is precious. Here in Luke chapter 14, we come to find as to where there is the call made. We are familiar with this parable. The call that is made to the great supper. And many are invited. They are welcome to come on in. And he sent his servant, the Bible says, at supper time. And says, supper's now ready. Come on into the house, if you will. All things are now ready. Now's the time. Today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. This is what's being said. And the Bible says, and they all with one consent. In other words, Brother Danny, they made up their mind that they did not have time. They made up their mind. They had had a decision that was made. And it permeated across these folks that are represented here. Their mind was already made up that Brother Chad, even if they did have the time, they weren't going to make the time. We see in this that priorities are skewed. We see here as to where, in essence, it's not the fact of, of their, uh, their situations as one uh, has land that he has purchased. But I want you to notice how contradictory this sounds, how foolish it sounds. One said, I purchased land. Oh, and by the way, please excuse me, I've got to go look at it. I've never 
I've never purchased land. I didn't purchase my home and then go say, well, now I'm going to go and take a look at it. Now I'm going to go and have it appraised. Now I'm going to go and do this. You notice how silly it sounds. The other said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. and Well, I've got to go prove them. I've got to go make sure that they can do the job. It sounds strange, doesn't it? The other one said, I, I, as I was reading this, I thought, Sister T, it'd sure be funny if one said, I, I've got married. I've got to go see what she looks like. Amen. I've got, I've got to make sure, Sister Cindy, I even like her. Amen. We got married and all. We signed the paperwork and all that good stuff. But I don't know. I don't know just yet. But no, he said, I, I, I've gotten married. I've, we've got to go on our honeymoon. So please excuse us. One of the things, the common denominator in all of this is that their priorities were off base. And because their priority was wrong, their excuse was silly. Is there anybody besides me that I have made excuses to God as to why I couldn't do something? Only to be dealt with because, Brother Josh, my excuses really didn't hold water. We can say things that we don't have time. We can say things, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. As a matter of fact, those are two terms that have been used more from 2020 until now. I mean, we have said it to beat the band. We just need to sell t-shirts says, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I'm tired, I'm... And listen, and I know there's more pulling on us than it seems there ever has been. We have been through a pandemic. We've been through all kind of stuff. Some of your families and my family, we've been through some things, turned our world upside down. I know it's not just physically, it's mentally and it's emotionally. But if there's one thing about it, friends, in the course of these last few years, there's one thing that's been on my heart and in my mind. And that is there is a minute hand that's moving quickly. And Jesus is at the door. And Christ is getting ready to come. And I don't have time time to waste. You don't have time to waste. We can't say, give us another year or two and we'll have a real move of God. No! We need a move of God now! We need folks sold out to God now! We need people born again now! We need people fulfilling God's plan, call and His will right now. But I will say this, is that when God begins to deal, your priorities will be tested. Your priorities will be tested because it's not enough. And I think that we would be a whole lot more careful in saying we don't have time for something. Especially when God is dealing with us about certain time for certain things. If instead of saying, I don't have time for it, that we just honestly said, I'm sorry, it's not a priority. I'm sorry, God, it's not a priority. Oh, but, uh, but we start stuttering, don't we? But, but Brother Jacob, that's not the case, is it? Because here's what I found. I'll just talk about the preacher. Everybody likes it when the preacher talks about himself. I have time to do what I want to do. You have time to do what you want to do. Now, there's some things that I make time for, Brother Clayton, that I don't necessarily like. Earlier this morning, 
I was at my mother-in-law's house. She's getting ready for a garage sale. Can I tell you, I-H-A-T-E, getting stuff together for a garage sale. I just, I don't like it. And so, Sister Linda, before I got down to Mamaw's house, I had in my mind pray through. I said, it's 115 degrees outside. I'm going to be out there pulling a bunch of junk out of these sheds. And I think I even told my wife, I said, of course she wants to do it on a Wednesday. I got church tonight. So I've got to throw all this stuff around, move it all around, sweat buckets, and then get ready and be on fire tonight. Come on. Don't look at me cross-eyed because you'd be the same way if if it was you. But it was important. But it needed to be done. And so, therefore, I made time for something that I wanted to or, well, I didn't want to, but I needed to make time for. Can I say tonight one of the greatest tactics, one of the sorriest excuses for somebody to sit and backslide, for somebody to never be what God's called us to be, or for us as a church to stand before God and say, I'm sorry, I just didn't have the time. I'm sorry, Lord, I just couldn't get around to it. I'm sorry, God, I had other things going on. May God help us and deal with us and check and challenge our priorities because that's what it boils down to. You say, well, I've got this and I've got that and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. There's one thing we find in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. That rich man, he wanted an opportunity to go back. Brother Torbert would have been the greatest missionary to have lived. He said, let me go back and tell my brother's house and tell all those in the household about this wretched place called hell. Father Abraham said, I'm sorry. He said, well, if I can't go back, can Abraham go back? He said, if they won't listen to the prophets, the preachers there that they have, they won't listen to one who came back from the dead. All he wanted All he wanted was a little more time if I would have made certain things more of a priority. Church, I'm not standing here tonight saying that none of us aren't busy, that there aren't things that's going on. But I want to challenge you with this tonight. I want to challenge you with this. We have to to understand that we are not exercising godly wisdom and we are not in stepping and, and in congruency with our walk with God if the things of God are not a priority in our lives. Listen. Listen to me. You only got them babies for a little bit. And it's fun and it's wonderful to go and do and all that. I think every family should have some time. Go on vacation. Have a good time. Do some things. But when you look up and you're out of God's house more than you're in God's house, there's a problem. When we have time for social media, making money, working overtime, doing this and this and this and this, but you have no time to pray, there's a problem. Amen, Brother Jake. Keep on preaching. Okay. Thank you for the encouragement. 
If we've got time for other things, but we don't have time for the Word of God, our priorities are wrong. If we've got time for our own pleasures and our own flesh being appeased, but you look at a neighbor, you look at somebody who needs to be served, somebody needs to be ministered to, and we walk on past them, may God help us. Your priorities are out of line. If I don't have time to help serve somebody, and I'd say something like, well, I'm too busy serving up here on a Sunday and Wednesday. I'll tell you, friends, I don't deserve to be in that pulpit if that's the mentality. We as a church, we have to understand God's called us, placed us, commissioned us, and we must make priority. Let me share with you two scriptures and I'm going to hush. I got my new watch and somebody encouraged me to watch that minute hand. I ain't going to tell you who told me, who told me to watch that minute hand, but... They've been, they've been praying for me. I know, I know that. Amen. But let me, let me mention something here. William Penn said it like this. Time is what we want most and use the worst. Time is what we want the most of and we use it the worst. We find that sometimes we fall on one side or the other of the spectrum by spending too much or too little time. With the job, school, recreation, other things that we are busy about. To occupy or not occupy ourselves with. These are not, and I'm not at all preaching tonight. Do not leave this church and say, well, Brother Jake preached we can't go on vacation. Brother Jake said we can't take kids out. Sorry, kids, we ain't going nowhere. Blame your preacher. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Too much of any of them, too much of putting them before the Lord, it throws you out of balance. You lose your alignment. You lose your alignment. Let me just say this. Every one of us in here, we know what it feels like when you're out of alignment, don't you? When you know things are just not quite right. You know spiritually, Brother Danny, you've been in this thing long enough. You know when things are running correctly spiritually. And you know when they're not. And so when we know that, when we begin to feel, have you noticed that not only do you feel when something's out of balance, but you also, you hear when something's out of balance. You dr take your vehicle, for instance. We recently, a, a few weeks back, we had, I took my uh, wife's car, we took it to discount tire two or three times, and they would, they would work to get something balanced. We'd be going down the road and, and wouldn't be long. I said, man, there's got to be a bad tire on here. Well, as we investigated, I, we did an alignment. We did everything to try to get it all right. And come to find out, I had wheel bearings. I had a hub assembly that was going, going bad. And it needed to be corrected. But one of the noises that I was hearing was that hub. It was warning me, hey, I'm, I'm wearing out. I need to be replaced. Friends, can I tell you, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Listen, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Not only will you feel that things are out of alignment, but I can just tell you this, let me, and I don't necessarily know why I'm saying this tonight, but in your mind and your emotions and your spirit, the voices of this world sure get a whole lot noisier when things are out of alignment. 
And it's not just the voices of the world, but you can get inundated with your own thoughts. And you can get so inundated with your own thoughts that what's not even true, you'll believe it to be true. Now, you're quiet, but I'm preaching right here. That's what happens when we get out of alignment, when we get out of balance, when we get things off kelter, when our priorities are out of alignment and out of focus. The Word of God, Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. The Word of God here challenges us with this. Let me just say this. We must have proper perspective in regards to how we are regaining control of our time. It's imperative that we understand what our greatest priorities are. When we talk about perspective, we talk about how we view things. Therefore, how do we view what Brother Jacob needs to be the top priority? I know, Brother Jacob, it should be God, 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 God this, God that. But no, let me, let's just look at what the Bible has to say about it. It's not enough just to throw God's name on it and say, okay, this, is, this solves the answer. But Sister Mary, this is what the Word of God says. Matthew 20, 22, 37, and 38. This is the perspective. This is the lens that we've got to look through. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Verse 38, it says, This is the first and great commandment. In other words, Brother Benjamin, everything that we do, that we set ourselves to do, this should be the perspective that we work through. Lord, does this bring you glory? Lord, is this, is this proper management of this day that you've given me? And what, I'm, and, and what I am doing, am I doing so because of a love for you. We come to find that love will challenge some things in perspective. It deals with our priority. I'm going to be honest with you. There's some Wednesdays I sat down today, got some food in my belly, drank me some cold water, got me a good shower, was waiting doing some preparation for tonight. And Brother Eli, the flesh would say, boy, it sure be nice just to be able to hang out here the rest of the evening. It would. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to stand up here and point a finger at you and act like I don't got three pointing right back at me. All of us face those challenges. All of us face those things. But Why? Why be in God's house tonight? Why be in this pulpit? Why come and worship with the family of God? Well, it's your job, Brother Jake. That's what we pay you to do. No, sir, no, ma'am. I'll tell you the first reason why. First reason why I'm here is because I love him. I love him. You're here tonight, I believe, because you love him. You love him. said... Love Him with all you have, your heart, your mind, your soul. Priorities not only deal with perspective, but let me finish with this. They deal with placement. Priority deals with the order of importance. There are some things, Sister Karen, I can look at my schedule for the day 
And I can say, if I don't get to this today, I can move it to tomorrow. But I have to be sure I get A, B, and C done today. I've got to. This down here, if I've got time. If not, I'll roll it over. Placement. Order of importance. When we're out of alignment, when our priorities are not right, order of importance gets misconstrued. So what is the order of importance? Where is the placement? Matthew 6 and 33, most of us know it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the first thing, the most important thing, Brother Josh, the number one thing on my agenda, on my day, your day, all of us. Lord, I want to seek you. I want to seek you. I've watched. I've watched young adults and folks. Nowadays, not just young adults. I've seen, seen it happen in older folks as well. They're looking for relationships, companionship. And, or they're looking for jobs or looking for work, looking to make money. And it's interesting to me as to how they can go weeks and, boy, they're praying and they're seeking. I, I want to be right in the middle of God's will. And they're saying all the right things. But as some time goes on and they get impatient, then it becomes pursuing the person instead of first pursuing Christ. Pursuing the money instead of pursuing Christ. Pursuing this or that instead of pursuing Christ. And let me say something. When our priorities are wrong... We're not managing priority, purpose, time, placement. Those things are not order, uh, in line. There is a price to pay. There's pain to be had. That's why the Word of God said this. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, but it adds no sorrow. It adds no sorrow. It is not grievous. It's not grievous when things are in line, when we've made Him our priority. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father, I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for every heart and life represented in this place. And Lord, tonight, I know that all of us, we can all testify of business. We can all testify of the mandates and responsibilities that are upon us. But Lord, I also believe and challenged by your word that we must redeem the time, be good stewards, exercise godly wisdom in utilizing time appropriately. And we do so understanding that time is precious, and we do so understanding that time reflects our priorities. And I pray you challenge our hearts. I pray God deal with us. I pray it help us that we're not squandering, wasting, that we're, we're lay, laying ourselves, claiming that we are victims because time just manages us instead of us managing time. Forgive us, Lord, for time wasted. Forgive us for silly excuses made. And I pray you challenge us. Let us have proper perspective and let us put things in the right placement, in the right order as we love you with all that we have and as we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. 
Father, I thank you tonight, and I pray you'd help us. Tonight, if it's your heart's prayer, you'd say, Pastor, I want the Lord to challenge me. I want him. Listen to me carefully. Tonight, as you respond to this altar, you're saying, I want him to challenge my priorities. And you might come to find that when you're willing to let God challenge your priorities, you'll be very surprised at what you find you are making time for. What makes your list of important things? What is the driving force with what you do? The purposes of God that are fulfilled in your life and for your family. If that's your prayer, why don't we come find ourselves a place in these altars tonight? Why don't we come and just spend some time and seek the Lord? Can we just come and say, God, would you challenge my heart? Lord, would you deal with me in the realm of priority, in the realm of perspective, in the realm of placement? Oh, God, I pray you'd help us tonight. Oh, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Lord, help us. Help us, oh God, that we work while it's yet day. Help us, Lord, that we step into, that we take seriously our walk with you. Lord, we take seriously a move of God. Oh, that we take seriously making a priority for the things of God in our lives. Forgive us where we've lacked. And Lord, I pray, challenge us tonight. We only have a window. We only have a vapor. All the flesh of man is like a blade of grass. It's like a flower in the field that grows and blooms for a time and the sun withers it away and it fades. Oh, Jesus, let us make the most of every opportunity. We've got opportunities in our household. Our children and grandchildren, our spouses, our families, our church family. Oh, Lord, challenge us tonight.